0: Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we share wisdom and practical tips to help you grow stronger in all areas of your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who offer real-world experiences that you can apply to your own journey. If you enjoy my podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate it on your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. And today I am honored and delighted to have as my guest, David Katz. David, welcome to my show.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Meredith. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry
0: about that. I want to just tell my audience a little bit about you before we get into questions, because right. you have such a remarkable journey David Katz is the founder and CEO of Plastic Bank. And I first learned about him and his work as I read the vision code by our wonderful colleague, Dr. Oleg Konovalov. And I loved what David had to say about visionary leadership. And one of the descriptions that caught my eye was that David had been named one of the world's most compassionate entrepreneurs by Salt Magazine. And I immediately knew that I wanted to get to know this man and find out more about what was behind his passion and vision for the company. So I reached out to him on LinkedIn and we got connected and here we are. Plastic Bank is, the ecosystem, is an ecosystem that provides an opportunity for the world to collect and trade plastic waste as a currency with the goal of preventing plastic from entering our oceans. And what's fascinating to me is it's a global network of micro recycling markets that empower the poor to transcend poverty by cleaning the environment. Plastic Bank just recently announced that they have stopped 1 billion bottles of plastic from entering our oceans. So their impact is profound. David's humanitarian work has earned him international recognition and several awards, including the United Nations Lighthouse Award for Planetary Health, the Paris Climate Conference Sustainia Community Award, and the Ernst & Young Lifetime Achievement Award. David, these are remarkable achievements, but I think you probably feel, you know, you're just in the early stages of this work. Could we start out with you talking a little bit about your journey to forming this remarkable company, Plastic Bank?
1: Ooh, there's, that's a, that's, oh, that's, a, that's, uh, that's an hour on its own, Merritt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> give us the short version.
1: Well, I'm going to give you the short version, but I want to give you the authentic version as well. I'm going to give you the authentic version, then I'm going to give you the short version. They're both short. The authentic version is that we are the product of every decision and every experience that we've had in our lives. It's impossible for me to tell you how it began or where it began or all of it, because it's a piece of everything that I've ever experienced. And I would say most powerfully and profoundly, it comes from looking at the good and all of the things that I deemed bad at the time. It's about becoming and taking all of those gifts of life and then applying them. Seeing everything as a gift. That's where I'm at today. That is the authentic answer. The short answer is that I grew up on the west coast of Canada and witnessed the degradation of the environment some 35, 40 years ago as a child. And I've just been in the pursuit of something that needed to be done. And I attended an event at Silicon Valley, a thing called Singularity University, where where I witnessed 3D printing really for the first time or additive manufacturing called appropriately in it. I saw this big brown belt produced. And when I asked about the price, the sale price, $80, the cost of the material $10, and the recognition that the belt was made from just a so, single solid long strand of plastic i recognize that the only thing that really determined the value of the material or added value is a shape and then if we could change the way people viewed the material if we didn't change the shape on the outside but change the shape on the inside but that could be a paradigm shift for humanity how might i have people look at plastic as money that's that was that's really it in the in the end i'm not even sure if that's what your question was but (laughs) that's what we got
0: oh well it 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 gets at the planting of the seed of the idea to this huge enterprise that you have, you know, built today worldwide. And I know you want to expand it even more. There were a couple of quotes from the book that I, the vision code that I wanted to um, ask you about, and that will lead us into more discussions about the work that you're doing. Because one of the things that you said, this was a quote I just love, the beauty of vision is that it, that ultimately, the business vision is a vehicle of a personal life vision, and right. so I was curious about how that's been true for you with Plastic Bank.
1: Ooh, um, it always, that always touches me. In that, and that truly is a personal journey. and that, that life is as you are. You know, you are you are only as as the business can only be as great as the person that you are. It can only give as much as you can give. It can only have as much love in it as you have to see and to give. It's a journey of self, it truly is. It is about becoming the person who can have great impact in the world. The rest of it is just it just shows up. It's remarkable how simple it is. In the execution of the business, the difficulty a lot arises in the in the depth of vulnerability that's needed, and vulnerability is confronting, challenging. It's raw. It's exposed. It's vulnerable, I and mean, that's difficult for so many. And in that conversation, their pursuit is of material wealth or material gain whether it be a house or car or whatever it may be. And they can still achieve that, but those people so often are still pained in life, always still searching, never feeling complete. I, I, I propose that it's a bit different when we feel fulfilled, when we are fulfilled, when we are in the blossom of the giving, then both material and self are fulfilled.
0: Well, thinking about your role as a leader, I, I really like what you're saying about vulnerability. What are some ways that you would say you came to realize how important that is for a leader? And also, how do you role model that for your team? What are some of the things that you do that put you in a vulnerable position?
1: Well, there's the conversations of integrity and honesty, This the integrity of of being committed to word, and when I give word, whether it be spoken or implied, I, I commit to it. And I think that that's a, a big part of it. Even in the conversation of being vulnerable, there is an integrity element inside of that. I commit to be vulnerable. I decide to be vulnerable. I don't think it's actually very difficult. I think it's just it's just a way of thinking. In the end, it's just a it's a truth and honesty, A, a. I mean, it gets everything else out of the way. There's nothing to hide. It's, you know, and inside of that, I guess the conversation comes in meditation and consciousness, in the pursuit of consciousness and being open and exposed to those, those profound conversations.
0: Mm-hmm. What, well, I think that many leaders though are hesitant to be, vulnerable for fear of appearing weak or being perceived as less, I don't know if the word powerful is right, but what do you think are the reasons behind that? And and what do you suggest for moving beyond that to become more vulnerable leaders? Cause you said it's not that difficult. And yet there are a lot of people that find it yeah. hard to do.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, 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 you know, the human condition to want to look good or to not look bad the human condition. There's a consciousness. There's an opportunity to come to the point and the recognition that those are ego-mind thoughts. Those are just the thoughts inside of my brain. They're not me. So it's a consciousness journey to come to the point where you differentiate and powerfully know that your conscious self are not the thoughts in your head and to not let those thoughts rule you. There's a Mm -hmm. tremendous freedom and expression and safety and beauty and love and infinite that comes from the space outside of thought.
0: You know, I've been learning so much about that myself over the last few years. It is it is so freeing to, to recognize that's the case. Yeah. I'm curious how you use that awareness to allow your mind to play with possibilities and look for how you can expand the work of Plastic Bank because I know you, you have such a great vision for the company, and I would love to hear more about that, how you incorporate that openness and awareness to your work.
1: Um, there, is the, there is the place beyond good or bad. You know, I like the saying that life is empty and meaningless. It powerfully is empty and meaningless. It's empty and meaningless because it doesn't come with meaning. Because my phone is black, doesn't mean anything about it. It's whatever meaning I want to place on it. Life didn't come with a meaning, I placed the meaning of things. So the time to come to this place of, 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 of nothingness is where the infinite exists. I guess that's a bit of a paradigm to get your brain around, but nothingness is the infinite. Because if we choose something, if we choose a way of being, a way of thinking, that's finite, that is a finite way of being. It's a finite thought over the way things could be, should be. But when I come to nothingness and go, oh, things are just as they are, not good or bad, everything is available. So it's in fact coming to nothingness that everything becomes available. And in the business paradigm, the same is true. When I come to the nothingness, the infinite, the, the infinite wealth is available as well. I'm not fighting to be right over something. I love the expression that you can be right or you can be happy. Choose one. You can't be both. I don't need to be right over thing, over people. I just want to have joy in my life and bring joy to other people's lives, give them hope, give them an opportunity to then contribute as well, have them come to nothing so they can as well be in line with that, you know, just beautiful infinite.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you've done that in such a remarkable way with the communities that you're serving through Plastic Bank. Let's talk a little bit so more people can understand what you're all about. I know <clears throat> I could say you're trying to prevent plastic from getting into the ocean. You're not trying to remove it, but talk about the system you had to put in place in order to make that a reality.
1: Sure. Yeah, I can unpack that conversation in a variety of threads as well. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'd will i like to come back to the, the one that I'd like to talk about. Um, but we'll begin with letting everyone know that what I've done is I've created a global chain of stores for the poor. Like we're, we're really just beginning, we're, we're 600 some odd locations, we're five countries. Um, and the beauty is that everything available in the store is only there to be purchased using plastic garbage by mass. And we offer school tuition and medical insurance and Wi-Fi, cooking fuel, all, everything that poor truly need struggle to afford now available using garbage that would otherwise flow into the ocean as payment. We're really more like bank branches. Deposit materials, withdraw the things you need through a blockchain-based banking application. So are collectors, the more collectors that, that the more that they return, the more consistently they return, the higher the quality of the material. There's a financial inclusion element where you get credit rating. You have the ability to then borrow money immediately as well because you've already substantiated your ability for, for your, or your reliability. You've been able to substantiate that just by the consistency of return over time. So, so it really, it's the it's ability to transcend poverty by stewarding the environment. Now we have the stores, but then we also have hundreds of schools and we have countless congregations. We created a program for, for the congregation, for any place of faith that encourages the, the, the worshiper or parishioner to not just bring offering, or tithing, but to bring the recycling with them as well on their day of worship. To then give connection and stewardship over spirituality, no matter the faith. And it's service over life, service over the world, service over creation. And then our school programming that teaches six, seven, eight, nine-year-old children to go home to teach their children, to teach their parents, rather, uh, about stewardship of the oceans and stewardship of the environment and it encourages then the family to return their household material to the school and so the children in the end what we would hope or what we anticipate is occurring now is that the children learn that the end of poverty in their family comes from stewarding the environment you see it's an abundant mindset so that, that's, that's, how we, that's how we go to market in the end. We, we influence, we've got about 25,000 uh, members, collectors, so far, it's a beginning, just a drop in the bucket. And um, we influence around 100,000 family members and we increase incomes by about 40%. So we really, we really give value to the material
0: Well, to me, one of the exciting and and mind blowing aspects is this whole supply chain that you've Mm -hmm. been able to put in place. So talk about what happens. So these local residents collect the plastics, bring them in, they get credit. And then what happens to the plastics from there?
1: Well, I always like to use the story of Lisa. I'll I'll paint the. I'll paint the picture here. So Lisa is one of our collectors in Haiti. She was one of our first, she's been just amazingly powerful and she's her life as well, just just comprehensively changed as a result of, of our partnership, our relationship. So Lisa would collect material, she'd take her girls to school. She survived the earthquake in Haiti as a widow. Plastic Bank gave her the opportunity to still be full-time engaged, be unlimited. She'd take her girls to school drop them off. And then she'd go out with other moms and go out and collect material. They would typically have a route where they'd go store to store or business to business or, or in households and she collect volumes of material. And then before she picks up the girls, she comes back to a center. She returns the material. She's recognized. Of course, her bank account's brought up. The material is we look over the material because sometimes there's rocks or extra things in there. So we determine the fair value or weight of the material. The value is then established and agreed upon and then that's transferred into an online bank account for her. And so then, you know, Lisa really does have a savings account. She has a bank account now. It's from, then she, would have, she couldn't have even conceived of having a bank account before. Some way, somewhere that her money was safe. So it's an asset. She, she has something she can hold on to. She can always have something for another day. Now, that can easily be transferred immediately into cash if she needs it. And and then once at the center, one, one of the collection centers, the branches, more and more people are bringing in the material and it's all amalgamated and separated and the caps and labels and rings are removed. We increase the value of the material there and then it's shipped to a local recycler. We work best in communities when there's already someone that is trying to steward the environment by recycling or pelletizing or flaking or something. So we work with them, we bring them up to a North American standard. We give them some some ways to make sure that they're really being just and social in their community. And they take that material and they add even more value to it by flaking it and getting it ready for export if needed. And then our customers, we just then broker the material between that processor and our customer. We just. We really try to just lift everyone in the community. We don't want to come in and build anything when there's already someone there struggling forever to try to make some income. We want to give them a process and a system so that they can make more money. We need to enliven the entire community. There truly is win-win or, or no-deal uh, paradigm in the world. That's, that's what we strive for, win-win or no-deal. If everybody doesn't win, we don't do it.
0: So the ultimate buyers of the... Processors, materials, you're the ones brokering who's going to be purchasing that? Yeah. So, you know, so
1: we're a sales organization. We're a business, right? So, you know, we've got a beautiful sales team and like one of our customers, S.E. Johnson. Like if you were to go to a store today anywhere in North America and buy a bottle of Windex, uh, an iconic, beautiful brand, that Windex bottle has the material that our collectors in the Philippines and Indonesia collected. And so if you buy that bottle and you take that bottle off the shelf, you would be directly supporting the poor and you would be directly working with them to extract plastic that would have otherwise gone into the ocean. You really are working hand in hand with the world's emerging to give value to the material. It's a, it's a beautiful social element where, where value is transferred through everyone's life. Even if you don't know that, that by buying that bottle of Windex, the world changed, value transfer through mm-hmm. your life, you still did something of, of significance in the world.
0: Is there something on the labels of these products there that is, would yeah, alert yeah. people to the fact that they have made this contract?
1: Yeah, you'll see our social, you know, the material, we call it social plastic. That's
0: it's a great name. Beautiful,
1: right? Like it's like, you just, you just know it's there. it's, Oh my goodness. It's for society. Like, Oh, hold on a second. It's tradable. It's collectible. It's something that's good. And so you'll see the Social Plastic logo on there as well.
0: And you mentioned at the start when you were going to answer my question, you had another track that you wanted to talk about and would come back to. So I'm bringing you back to that one.
1: Well, I I think that what I would would allude to there is is that it is again the journey of self. You know, when I had the idea of of plastic as money for the world. When I had this, you know, the hair stand up on the back of my neck, like, oh, try to change this, change the value perception of the material. Uh, I was flooded with all of the opportunity with it. And knowing that, that, you know, the world needs an army of solutions, but this would be one opportunity for the world, this would have an impact of some sort. And I knew that it it required trying, but it was, follow the subsequent thought to that was well who are you David who who could you possibly be like you want to create something that's going to have you know global significance you want to work with the world's poor you're going to work in the most disadvantaged illiterate violent communities in the world you're going to try to build a supply chain in the areas that don't have running water you're going to try to educate people who are illiterate you're going to then sell that material to the world's largest organizations you're going to create a brand like what like from nothing from nothingness from i mean i didn't know anything about plastic i didn't know anything um so i had all of that fear it was like oh well, it's not possible well maybe i could find someone else that could do this but then it it was followed by this powerful beautiful conscious third thought which is really where the birth of the plastic bank occurred it wasn't even the idea of it the third thought it was quiet unlike the first two thoughts were loud and busy and the third was just silence and it and it was just a voice that just said david you don't you don't need to be that person you don't need to be that person at all all you need to do is choose to become the person who could get all of that done And so so that's where the rest of it showed up. The supply chain showed up. The customer showed up. The right people showed up. It was in the decision to make it so. But it turned out that really what was even simpler was the decision to make myself so. Because the more that I embarked on the journey of self and of becoming the person that could have change, the more the organization showed up. And at first, I was not on the consciousness journey. Now, of course, consciousness arose for me in that moment. And I am where I am today because of that thinking, that thought. But I struggled at first. I struggled to learn what it was, to give up what I thought I was right about. I didn't want to give up the times where I thought people made me wrong. I still wanted to hold that vindictive thought against them. You made me wrong. I didn't have the moments to look at them and go, you gave me the gift of self. You gave me fortitude. You gave me everything else that was required to be where I am. I did not have the gratitude in my heart. So all of this supply chain, all of everything else, anything else that is occurring in the world is a direct result of who I am. That's it. Like it's so esoteric for so many, but it is yet so simple. It's so simple and so powerful.
0: It is. I, you know, the first time you and I spoke, I was really moved by our conversation and i I'm finding I have the same visceral reaction right now, just because it's so clear. You come from such a a place of peace and knowing and, I, I just so admire that about you. Yeah. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about what were some of the elements that helped you get to that place yeah, meditation. for those who are struggling with meditation, with meditation,
1: meditation, you know, in my entrepreneurial life, I was at an event where this fellow who sold his company for 500 million spoke. And, you know, I was very young at that time and had a business that was, you know, still under 2 million in revenue and uh, you know, so they hit for 500 million, like, wow, he sold his company for 500 million, I'm like, oh my goodness. And then this questioning, so the question was, well, what do you wish you had done differently? He goes, oh, I wish I learned how to meditate earlier, like meditation, like what? This is like from 500 million, up, like, what? And so it struck me then, Like, but it's just so immensely powerful. It has really been the space of coming outside of the knowing that the thoughts are me. They're not me. The thoughts in my head are just thoughts. They're not, they're not who I am. It's that place of separation is where peace comes. Because it's the thoughts in your head that drive us all crazy. It's like, oh, someone's looking at me differently. They might think differently of me. Or, oh, what happens if I run out of money? People will think badly. Or, oh, I've got to get a nice car so people will think I'm doing well. Those are all just thoughts. And we have conflict in that. And we have conflict in the space of Of of, of salvation, future based thinking. Future based thinking is salvation. Oh, I will have salvation in the future when I achieve a certain level of income or wealth or status. Or we live in identity. This is who I was from the past. You see, all pain arises in the attachment to time when we come outside of the attachment of time and we just have now, when I live in the very present moment, I just have this beautiful room that I'm in with the sunshine that's coming in. I have you here. That's all there is. All I have is this very moment. the only thing we will ever have, have ever had, could only ever even think of having. The only thing ever possible in in our lives is the very present moment now. And it turns out now is infinite. Anything that ever happened happened in the now and anything that could ever happen will only happen now as well. It doesn't happen in the future. It happens now. And so the more that we get ourselves into the knowing of that place, the greater the freedom there is, the greater the joy. And then it's the attachment to the infinite.
0: And would you say that the members of your team have also um, embraced this perspective
1: everyone's on their beautiful journey Um, it is it's what i communicate all the time and i know that leadership is not saying but doing just like being a parent children don't do what you say they do what you do so the more that i steward my my community the more that again that's part of that journey it's becoming the person so it's one of the core values in the organization is becoming becoming, of course it's becoming. There is no state. It's an it's a forever journey. It's a verb. It's becoming. How am I today? What am I learning? How am I growing? What do I give up today? So they can have a brighter tomorrow. It's more about it's much success in business, in life, because business is business is secondary to life. And I love the saying that you know, success, success in business does not make up for failure at home. And it's so true. So really, the being in this place where life, I, I focus on my life. I have my life and my journey and beauty in life. And um, and I know that the more that I show up that way, the more that I be that way, effective leadership ultimately is the being. And people are inspired, I don't think by the destination, but by the journey that you took to get there. Because then it becomes very available for them. Which is where vulnerability is important, again. Because when I show up as a leader that's vulnerable and I expose those things that I need to overcome in this journey of becoming, the more it becomes available and more real.
0: And so thinking about becoming, and the being in the now and having an exciting vision for the future. Um, do it's you ever a, have any vision
1: be- for the future? I'm sorry, it's not a vision for the future. It's the vision for now.
0: Oh, talk about that! What's the distinction you make there?
1: Well, I live. I live now. I don't. I live now. I act now as it exists. I operate from the now that it exists because that's when it exists. It won't exist in the future, Meredith. It exists now. So I operate from now as it exists now. Mm -hmm. Just others have not yet seen it.
0: And so how do you then talk about where you want Plastic Bank to be in five years or 10 years? Because you said you're just getting started. Mm -hmm. And I'd Mm -hmm. love to Mm -hmm. hear about it. It's
1: existence, of course. Within internally, of course, it's, it's a billion people gathered together to monetize the material. All of our conversations include exactly what it is we've created in the world. This is what we've created. This is what's occurring in the world, everybody. This—that's the internal dialogue. Those are the conversations. That's what we—we we do. That—that's—that's—that's that's, uh, that's obvious with all the staff all the time.
0: As though it's already yeah. the present.
1: It's, it's not as though it's present. It is present. It is present. It is present, and as it is, it, as it is present in the minds of those around us, the more present it then appears to everybody else.
0: Got it. And that is where then these resources appear because they, are, they are, are you're, you're, talk a little bit about that, how you really talk them into, you know, entering or existing for you.
1: Well, you know, we speak that, you know, plastic is money in the world, that plastic is money. You buy the kilo, used by mass, it's used as a currency. Okay, great. Well, of course we had to speak that out before it was available. Like, the, Of course that was the idea that we speak of it. That's is what is existing. It exists. I've created this in the world. That's, that's the way we operate from. Oh, okay, great. Well, you can communicate that. Well, how about that? Well, we need to scale and we need to have the material and this is what's gonna happen. And the moment that it occurs, then it then is existing in the world. Like, I, I, I'm a little oversimplifying it, but I wanted to make it available to anyone that's listening so that they know that, that it really is at that element. There's a lot inside of self to speak it from the existence of it. But that's the power of it. We, I, I'm not, I would never, I don't, I wouldn't use the word religious. I'm not religious and I'm not associated with a a faith in particular, but highly spiritual and just so connected in the, in the infinite universe. And when I look at scripture of all scriptures, it communicates and in, in the beginning of scripture, it communicates that God spoke the world into creation. I mean, the rest of it I think is just commentary. It's, it's, it's the lesson there for us is that we speak into existence. I mean, it's Genesis. we, we speak the world into existence. The rest of it is about coming out of the tree of the knowledge of good or bad. It's about coming to a place of the infinite. So I hesitate to use those conversations, but that is, that is what my, my truth and my knowing, and that only has come as a result of my journey here. I, that, that has originated at the end of it. I certainly would have communicated myself as being you know, agnostic, atheist, whatever you might have communicated for highly spiritual. Now I'm just so kind of like, Oh my goodness. There's just, Oh, there's just the space of it all is just so much bigger than I could have ever
0: imagined. There's so much uh, to unpack there uh, just (laughs) in terms of, you know, your own personal spiritual journey to understanding how the world works. And I do think some of my listeners might be sitting there scratching their head, talking about, speaking this into existence. Um, I want to go a little bit deeper with that. And in particular, you're talking about the way you and everyone in your company talks about how the company is being now, because we're trained so much, you know, David, into thinking and planning for the future, setting goals and, looking ahead and you're kind of shaking that Well, you are not just kind of you're shaking that up a lot and say well wait a minute that's not how we do things around here so talk a little bit about at the same
1: time though we do set you know we have targets we have goals you know we do have by wins we have all of you know that is there of course we have you know we certainly have our, our, our annual and quarterlies and we run an organization and uh, we influence tens of thousands of people, tens and tens of thousands of people. Not everyone is in the paradigm that, you know, that the thoughts of time is a, is a, you know, construct. So we still have to operate that way for sure. But when it comes to the vision and creation of the organization, the way we lead the organization, those people live in the context. We endeavor to have people more conscious. That's a, it's a lifetime journey on never being I've become human, so I come back to humanity and then come back out and I meditate and come back and spend more time there. And so it's, it's the beautiful part of that journey. And what I get to witness, what I get to witness is everyone else is becoming. I get to witness them becoming more beautiful in their communities, revered in the eyes of their children. I get to witness that their children now want to come and work with us as well. It's super beautiful. It's really remarkable. There's no delineation now between work and life because now it's just life. Because what I'm doing today is just the way I live. There's no, oh, where's the weekend? I need a vacation. It's like, no, oh, what? Like, no, it's my living. It's the creation of creating. I just want to be creating. That's, that's why we're here is to create. We're the co-creators. Everyone has the power. Everyone is infinite in creation, infinite. And I know that my role is to create other creators. I create you creating. <laughs> That's much of this conversation as well and creating those who are creating.
0: Mm-hmm. I just love that. That's profound. I would uh, love to for my listeners to hear another story because every time you've talked about someone whose life has been touched by the work of Plastic Bank in these specific communities, it's so inspiring. Tell There's us so another example.
1: Well, I, I always like to talk about my first one because there was just so much inside of the first time that I, it was when I first went to Haiti. Well, it wasn't the first time I went to Haiti, but it was once we were like, really had our ecosystem kind of up and running and we we developed a new co-op model as well. We've got a few different models, one's cooperatives. When we bring you know various people together who may be individual collectors alone, and you know, much of ending poverty is not just giving hope, but giving community. Once you've got people who look out for you, then you've got hope as well. You know that there's someone behind you, but when you're alone and you have no money, that's despair. That's what do you do with that? So, so we bring communities together. So it's a cooperative, and then they all support each other. So if someone's sick, there's still money for everyone. And so, what, so we, you know, we create a set of bylaws. We have, we appoint a president and stuff. We kind of try to formalize it so they all feel like they're actually a part of something. And and Jean, who is the at that time, the president of the co-op, uh, two little girls, and they were living in a in squalor and tents in Haiti. It was you know a number of years ago, but still maybe five, six years after the earthquake that kind of flattened Port-au-Prince, and they were living in the grounds of like rubble, like it was just like where some building used to. And they're all in, and he had two little girls, and and I'm asking, him, well, how's it how's it going? What's with what, you know how's it going? What's it what's it like with Plastic Bank? What what do you see? And he's oh, David, like you know he just kind of like tilts his head and he goes oh, I see, I can see my girls going to university now. And this is through translation, but, you know, I can see my girls going to university. Like, I I mean, this is someone who was only thinking of the end of the day before. He had to feed his children. But now he saw in himself the ability to save. And he could see a bright future. He could see time, he had time perspective. And I could see this as he spoke it, it, it was like the first time he had spoken. It. So it he yeah, had this. I didn't. I didn't just witness the end of his poverty that day. I truly witnessed the end of mine. It, it was just. It's like, I'm just so touched by it. Still, like it's just still. So, it's still really a. What
0: do you mean really... by that when you say you witnessed your own? In the I witnessed
1: I witnessed purpose. I've, I discovered that there was just so much more in life. And then being able to become the person at that time that was able to create something that someone's poverty left them was why? like, oh, my goodness. And I just felt the, the gift of it all. I felt the reward, the touch, the beauty, the love inside of it. I was filled with love. And so that's when it left me. That's that my poverty left this place of self. That's when it began to really leave. It's like, oh, I need to build a business, and I'll be able to have something more. I'll get something bigger. I'll have a better suit, or whatever, whatever those thin thoughts were. Though they were replaced. Mm
0: -hmm. I love your spirit. (laughs) Thank you. And your heart. You know, when you and I talked before, and now in this conversation, this statement about you being such a compassionate entrepreneur, just you know, it, it's shown so beautifully. Thank you. Thank you for being such a light in the world and in my life in this conversation right now. I'm, I'm I'm grateful to be able to bring you to the world, especially those that haven't heard of your plastic bank yet. And I would love for you to share as we close up, where can people connect with you, learn more about Plastic Bank, and what roles are you looking for people to play in the organization these days?
1: Um, well, plasticbank.com, for sure. Register there so we can communicate with you, so you can be abreast of what's occurring. That's, that's a no-brainer. You know, always find me through LinkedIn and every, everywhere else. I'm super Googleable. if you just type David and plastic or something like that, I'm, I'm there. There's always a thousand ways to find me. I'm always willing to communicate and connect. It's really my only role. And um, and I think it's important to note as well, and, I, and I'd be remiss to, to not communicate the importance and power of everyone listening as a consumer, that, that, Every organization around the world has teams of people listening for the voice of the consumer. And so you to go to a store and continue to buy things that are excessively packaged or wasteful, degrading to the environment, remember that every time you buy something, you vote for it. If you buy it, they'll just continue to produce whatever people are buying. So the power that you have is to stop buying those things that are killing the planet. You also have the power to go into the store and ask for a manager and say, can you point out those things that have recycled content? Can you you show me those things that are regenerating the earth? Can you show me those things that are doing well? Because that's what I want to buy. And I can't find them in your store. And I know that you're committed to my business. So what do you have? Even if they don't have anything, you've provided a paradigm and a thought inside that person who's then going to go, and ask their suppliers for that type of product. Or now at least be aware that people are looking for that. And now that's a trend. So I need to start asking and creating a demand for those things on my shelves. And you know, we're all immensely powerful. And so if, if there's anything, like if you do anything, that's what I would ask you to do. Don't, don't go to plasticbank.com. Go go to your store and go ask for people. Ask people for for those things that make the world better. As well in this business dialogue and the business conversation, we're leaving, we're leaving this era, this thin veil of sustainability, these conversations of sustainability. Oh, we're going to be sustainable. predominantly most people believe that as a thought that, well, I won't, I won't, I won't, I'm endeavoring to do less damage in the world. When we're more sustainable, we're less damaging, but that is passing quickly. We're truly entering the regeneration generation. Regeneration. The consumer today is looking for brands who are repairing the damage that's been done. That is the next blue ocean strategy. If you wanna swim with the sharks in the red ocean, talk sustainability. If you really want to set yourself aside, begin to compete on the repair that you're committed to. That's the heart and the mind of the next generation, the Greta generation. Look how many millions and millions of children marched against climate change. Look at the proliferation of used clothing stores. That's not going away, everybody. That's what's coming. And then the 16, 17-year-old, so they're your market in a few years best you be prepared
0: that's a great uh, message to end on thank you for challenging us to think about ways we can actually have an impact make a difference and be individually responsible David thank you me. are such a joy and such a gift thank you, thank thank you. Thank you. I so Appreciate your being my guest, and I will do my best to help spread the word about you and your work. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now, head over to growstrongleaders.com slash free and grab our ebook, Listen Like a Pro. You'll find out how to connect on a deeper level with the people who matter to you. And while you're there, check out our two books, Connect With Your Team and peer coaching made simple. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell.